listening to the Deep Roots Podcast, where we're all about giving you the confidence to move beyond pain and into performance. My name is Lance Enerson, and I'm your host. Hey guys, welcome back to the Deep Roots Podcast with me, uh, Lance Enerson. Today, um, we are talking about breath work and confidence. Breath work and confidence aren't necessarily things that people put together uh, at first glance, but for me, that's really the basis of almost everything that I've done thus far in my professional career. And the reason being is because our breath is so closely tied to the way that we experience the rest of our lives. So let me clarify that just a little bit. When we're breathing or the way that we're breathing, it has a very strong influence on our nervous system. And our nervous system really is the master of our experience. So if my nervous system isn't feeling safe, say, let's take this back to like an injury. Let's say that I had a back injury that has, you know, the tissues have healed, everything is back to normal. But my nervous system is still very sensitized to a certain range of motion or a certain movement pattern, I'm still going to be locked out of it because my nervous system doesn't feel safe even though the tissues may have healed. And so the nervous system really is the master of whether or not I'm going to get that range back and how long it's gonna take, what it's gonna feel like, all of that stuff. So with our breathing, we're able to manipulate the way that our nervous system is actually experiencing or interpreting the things that are going on around us, you know, on a moment to moment basis, really. And that's something that's, you know, that's really cool. And for me, that's been really important because of the way that my body really processes and handles stress. In the past, I've talked about, you know, being sick, having that birth defect in my stomach and how I really just act basically as a litmus test for for stress. You know, like if there is something that is stressful that's going on around me that you know that that I care about, and so um, and so I'm having a response to it. I'm going to feel it very, very quickly. I'm not going to feel it necessarily emotionally uh, or psychologically, but I'm going to feel it physically. I, you know, I'm going to get physically physically ill, and so being able to better control my nervous system to better control the way that I am interpreting and processing stress as a whole as a as a person you know holistically that has helped to move the needle for me is in a quality of life aspect tremendously and the reason that it's helped tremendously is because it brings me back it gives me some space to step away from that physiological red line if you will because of the thing that i have going on with my stomach i'm you know i'm sitting right there on the edge of of that red line i guess you could say and i don't have a lot of wiggle room and so with the breath work with being more aware and mindful of the way that my body is reacting to stress it's given me some space to step back and to be able to get things in check to get them in order before i get myself in trouble i mean like in the past i would end up in the hospital usually about once a year ish uh due to you know one thing or another whether i was sick for some reason and the stress just piled up to where my body couldn't handle it anymore or else you know i had a bunch of psychological uh, or emotional factors that just piled up one on top of another to where my body would just give out and you know that hasn't happened to me in in quite a while and i'm not going to say that you know breath works a panacea that 
cures everything that can, you know, help you keep your cool in, in any situation, but it is an astoundingly powerful tool that we can use that we have with us everywhere we go at every single moment. Anyway, so let's pull back here and just talk about really the three basic tenets of breath work and the things that are really important for us to consider if we want to build the neurological confidence that we need to be able to handle stressful situations, whether those be at home, at work, you know, in sport, in the gym, whatever it is, to be able to really jump in and get the most out of all of those experiences. So first of all, we have breathing mechanics. Breathing mechanics are extremely simple. I mean, that doesn't mean it's necessarily easy to do, but having good breathing mechanics is not a complicated process. Okay. So when we're breathing, just sitting here at rest, you know, I'm sitting here on a chair talking to a microphone, right? I want my breath to be very low in my body. And so just an easy way to think about this is just you know, put your hand on your sternum and go down to the bottom of your sternum right there. And we want the vast majority of our breath, the, the movement of our body to be coming from below that point of your body. And so if you draw a line just straight across to the bottom of your sternum there, you get what I like to call a neurological inflection point because our nervous system is always on a spectrum, right? We have the sympathetic end, which is the fight or flight. And then we also have the parasympathetic end, which is feed and breed, rest and digest, that kind of thing, right? And so if we draw this line that divides our body in half, you know, the bottom of the sternum, top and bottom, what we get is if we have a more movement below the line, that means we're going to be parasympathetic dominant. That means that we're not going to be in that fight or flight state that, you know, our body is preparing for large amounts of stress. But the more movement that we have above the line, we get more of a sympathetic response that moves us more towards the fight or flight type mentality. And that's going to be mental, that's going to be emotional, that's going to be physical, it's going to be all of those things that are going to change the way that we experience, you know, our moment to moment life. And so let's just have an example here. Let's say you're driving down the the freeway, you're going like 85 and you have your family in the car and somebody um, merges and they just about sideswipe you and you have to slam on the brakes and you, know, you honk the horn. They just barely miss you by a couple inches. You know, what's going to happen? Okay. You're What's gonna happen is your breathing is going to shift up into your chest a lot more. You're gonna be breathing in your shoulders, you're gonna be breathing in your neck, and there's gonna be a lot of movement there. You're gonna be tightening up in your jaw, you're going to have an increase uh, in the actual rate of your breathing, you're gonna have an increase in blood pressure, you're going to have an increase in heart rate, you're gonna have all of these things, it's going to be a big cascade. and. If that's something that really rattles you, that's gonna stick with you for more than just a few seconds, right? Like that's gonna be that that thing that you were in danger for, I don't know, half of a second maybe, but you're gonna be dealing with the repercussions of that likely for you know the next 15, 20 minutes until you know, your breathing calms down, your heart rate calms down, you're not gonna be pissed anymore that the guy was texting, you know, whatever, whatever it was that was going on but the response that you have isn't going to 
go away instantly. Funny thing is, though, is when you, say, drop your kids off at school after this um, near accident and then you go to work and you start telling people about the moron that almost ran you off the road and killed your kids, you're going to have the same response again. You'll notice that the breathing starts to shift up into your chest again, your heart rate increases, and you, you get worked up again for something that isn't even happening anymore. And the important thing to see here is that I don't have to be threatened to have a stress response. I can just be talking about something that was stressful in the moment and I can have the same exact response. The reason this can be dangerous is because we can have the same response if we're just having a conversation. I mean, we've all had those conversations that were uncomfortable that you know we felt like we were being attacked and we start to have a physiological response to it we we start to sweat a little bit we start to breathe a little bit faster our heart rate increases and we start looking for ways to escape right we've all experienced that and the reason is because our physiology starts to get away from us and we don't have the confidence to deal with it in the moment we don't feel as if we have the tools and so that's why it's so amazing where we can use breath work to help us get on the right side of our physiology so that we're going to be able to really address the things that are going on in our lives you know it might be that argument but it also might just be that you need to recover so that you can hit your next set right this is a principle that applies in the gym as well as outside of the gym and if we can master the way that we're using our breath, then it's something that will give us more control over the way that we're going to be reacting to stressors in our life. And as crazy as that sounds, we can start to move the needle in the right direction as far as being in sync with the environment and in sync with the events that are transpiring just by paying attention to the location of our breath in our bodies, right? If we go back to that line that goes across our body at the bottom of your sternum, what we're going to see is we can shift, you know, we can downregulate to not be freaking out so easy when somebody confronts us about a poor job that we've done or when we miss a lift and we have to go back out on the platform because this is our last chance, right? We can control that. And the very lowest hanging fruit in this scenario is the mechanics of our breathing. Okay. And so if you're sitting in a chair uh, or, you know, you're driving, whatever you're doing, uh, I don't really care what it is. I want you to think about the way that you're breathing. I want you just to sit there and feel it. Take a few breaths and don't, don't try and change anything. Don't try and judge anything. Just feel the location of your breath. Okay. And while you're feeling it, I want you to pay attention of what is moving in your body. Is your, uh, is your abdomen moving? Are the sides of your ribs moving? Is your chest moving? Are your shoulders moving? Are you breathing in through your nose? Are you breathing out? Or are you breathing through your mouth? What, you know, what are you doing? And, you know, do you ever pay attention to this? I mean, we do this like 23,000 times a day. And so, we want to make sure that we're influencing our breathing patterns in, you know, a positive way. 
So now that you've taken a few breaths and you have a little bit of awareness of what's going on, let's address the way that you should be breathing if you're pretty much at rest, okay? So that breath should be low, like we, like we talked about, and it should be circumferential, right? Lots of times we think about, okay, let's do some diaphragmatic breathing. And people just, they breathe really low in their body, and which is great, but that breath only goes forward. And the reason it's only going forward is because you're not using your diaphragm to, you know, its greatest potential, essentially. And that's because we're not letting the lower ribs do their job. Okay, what I want you to think about with your lower ribs is that they should be moving out to the sides laterally. And when they move out to the sides laterally, that increases the surface area that is available for your diaphragm to help to move air into your body. Think of it like uh, an umbrella, right? So if I push up the little centerpiece thing on an umbrella, the uh, little spines that hold the fabric are going to stretch out as far as it can and that fabric's gonna be taut, it's gonna be tight, right? And that's going to have a large surface area. And so if I pull down really quickly on the umbrella, right, you can feel the resistance of the air. That's, that's what I'm talking about with the ribs because they do the same thing. As they expand laterally, they tighten up the diaphragm to where it has a lot of surface area so that when it descends, when you actually take a breath, what happens is it draws more air in without having to move so far, okay? So what happens is it actually decreases the amount of mechanical work that your body has to do to move air into your lungs. And there have been some interesting studies looking at how much energy actually goes towards breathing when you're working out at high intensities and it turns out it's about 20 percent of the of the energy expended or calories burned is devoted just to bringing air into your body and when we change the way that we breathe and we improve our mechanics we can decrease the amount of energy expended by about 20 percent right so just think about that if i have an extra 20 percent there then I can give that back to my body to be used to complete the tasks that I'm doing, whether that's running, you know, lifting, uh, you know, whatever it is, that gives me more resources that I have available to complete what I want to do. And that, that's a big deal. Okay. But breathing mechanics isn't just about where you're breathing in you know, your body, whether it's high or low. We also wanna make sure that we're breathing through our nose whenever possible, okay? Again, this is going to be influencing the nervous system, okay? So if I'm breathing through my nose, which is what my nose was meant for, it has a filtration, it warms or cools or humidifies or dries out the air, whatever needs to happen so that my lungs are receiving the best possible product, if you will. And when I'm breathing through my mouth, that's basically like, you know, pond water. It's, it's dirty and it's meant for emergencies for when I have to work really hard and it's meant for eating. It's not meant for breathing all the time. But when we breathe through our nose, again, that puts us back into that parasympathetic state, that rest and digest. It's a, a recovery state. And we want to be in a recovery state as much as we can because we literally cannot recover we can't rebuild when we're in that sympathetic state. 
And that comes into play big time when we start talking about athletics, right? So if I am training, I'm training super hard and my sleep sucks and I'm breathing like garbage, what's going to happen is my recovery is going to decline because I'm always going to be in a catabolic state. A fight or flight state is synonymous with a catabolic state because I'm always mobilizing resources instead of stockpiling them or making repairs on tissues. And fun fact for you here, uh, this is something else that I've been working on for a different project, but uh, I have always had a really hard time gaining weight, you know, with that whole stomach thing, right? And I figured for the longest time that it was just because, you know, I wasn't getting great absorption, which, you know, that's probably at least part of the equation. Um, But just recently, having thought about it, a lot of it has to do with the fact that my body doesn't cope super well with stress. And so I was ending up in that catabolic state a ton, right? Because remember, my body, just, you know, for me personally, it doesn't care what the stress is. It's going to be handling it poorly unless I am on top of it. And that goes the same for exercise. And, you know, as many times as I had tried, I hadn't been able to gain weight to save my life. But doing a little little finagling with with some breath work and not nothing complicated either really just being more mindful of the way that I'm breathing while I'm working out and then as I'm making my way throughout the day I was able to gain about seven pounds of mostly muscle over this past month and I was even using the same macros that I was using last time I tried to gain weight which was what five years ago ish was like the last time I had any sort of um, body composition goals. You know, I've just was been so focused on performance that that's not something that I, I really cared about for a long time. But I you know I work with a lot of people who who really care about you know their specific um, body composition goals for aesthetic purposes and things like that. And so I needed to refresh my memory, refresh myself of what it feels like to be doing those things. And I learned something really important about myself again that breathwork helped a lot with. You know, it helped to shift my nervous system so that I was able to rebuild after my workouts so that I could actually gain weight. And so, yeah, reading between the lines there, I changed the way that I was breathing and it made me gain more muscle. That's exactly what I'm saying. And again, this wasn't anything super crazy. This was all mechanics. That's all I was focused on throughout this last month with my workouts and my breath work was just having good breathing mechanics, breathing through my nose, and breathing low. That's it. So back to the breathing through the nose thing. Um, When we breathe through our nose, not only does it help us to stay in that uh, parasympathetic or anabolic state, but the linings of our sinuses also produce the most endogenous nitric oxide of any tissues in our body. And what that means in English is the lining of our sinuses produces a substance that increases blood flow wherever it goes. Is that important for recovery? Yeah, 
you better believe it is. How else are all the nutrients getting to, you know, the tissues to repair and to do their job unless the blood flow is really good. Okay, so that's that's the basics for you know, good breathing mechanics and part of the reasons of, of why they're important. So let's just move on to the next one. And we've already talked a lot about this in explaining why mechanics are important and that's neurological state. You know, our nervous system is so closely tied to our breathing because, you know, nervous system is the master of our experience. And if we don't breathe, we die really fast in that experience you know, it ends. So it's really, really paying attention super close to the way that we're breathing. That being said, we can go two ways on this street, right? The nervous system doesn't just have 100% control of the way that we're breathing. We also have control of those things as well. So here's some really basic information um, on things that we can do to affect our nervous system and really change the way that we're feeling moment to moment, okay? So the rate and the depth of my breath are going to have a big effect on my nervous system and therefore the way that I feel. So if I'm breathing really deep, what does that tell my body? Okay, if I'm breathing super deep and I'm just sitting here, you know, just talking in this microphone, right? My body's going to start to interpret that as something that is stressful. Why? Because our physiology is wired that if I'm breathing really deep, and especially if I'm breathing really deep and really fast, that there is something that is dangerous going on or something that at least needs my physical attention to be able to deal with it. And so my body or my nervous system is gonna start prepping my body to deal with those things, okay? It's going to start, you know, I might start sweating a little bit because it's getting ready to, you know, go through some sort of physical exertion to deal with the problem and I need to maintain, you know, a healthy temperature. You know, my heart rate might increase because again, it's getting my body ready to go and do things. And so I'm going to actually feel that I'm going to feel that in the way that I'm perceiving the things that are going on around me. And that perception is going to affect the way that I make decisions, right? If I'm making decisions in a physiological environment that says I'm being chased by a bear, when in fact, I'm just having a conversation with my spouse, the way that I make those decisions are not going to be stellar right? Because my body's just thinking survival and it's going to affect the way that I'm thinking. But if my body is in a, or my nervous system is existing in an environment that is relaxed, that is rebuilding, that is recuperating, then the decisions that I make are going to, you know, be according. They're going to be in line. They're going to be in sync with what I actually need to be doing because I'm just having a conversation with my spouse, right? I'm not being chased by a bear. So what I'm going to have to do is I'm going to have to dial back on my breath. 
And what I'm going to have to do specifically is focus on the inhale and the exhale. When we inhale, we get more of a neurological spike, okay? We get more of that upregulation. And with the exhale, we get more of a downregulation, more of a parasympathetic spike, if you will, that puts you more on that rest and digest, that recovery uh, sort of plane. Okay, so when you start to get really worked up and you need to dial back, just take a deep breath and then let it out nice and slow four or five seconds. Take another breath, let it out nice and slow again, four or five seconds, and do that for three or four breaths. And what you're going to notice is that it gives you space. It gives you the neurological space to step back from your physiology and to be able to address the problems that you have in front of you in a more level-headed manner. Okay. And you know, sometimes we actually do need to address those things in more of a fight or flight sort of scenario when there actually is some sort of danger. But what we need to do is make sure that we are actually doing that when it needs to happen and not just because we've lost control of our physiology. So the big takeaway from this is that you have to make sure that you're paying attention to the inhale and the exhale. Because if you can just do that very, very simple thing, what you can do is shift the way that you're perceiving the situation that you're in. And I know, I know that this sounds completely insane, that just by making sure that you're getting a really good exhale, you're not breathing too fast and you're breathing a little bit lower in your body, that it's going to change the way that you're experiencing your day-to-day and moment-to-moment life. But I absolutely guarantee that if you'll do these really, really simple things, that you're going to feel better. You're going to be living a better life because you'll be living it on your terms rather than on the terms of your physiology and this, you know, ancient uh, hardwiring that we're all walking around with that, you know, it's not necessarily super useful for, you know, an office job. And now our, our last of the three, you know, tenants of breathwork is CO2 tolerance. And the reason CO2 tolerance is so important is because the way that we breathe really affects the chemistry of you know our entire body because our blood it's important right and the ph of that blood is going to have a strong influence on a lot of processes that are going on and so you know just really to break this down really simply is what we'll talk about is just something that's called the bore effect the bore effect is basically uh, a conversation about gradients right So if I have a lot of oxygen in my blood and I have a lot of carbon dioxide in my tissues, they're going to switch places really easily because there's a high gradient, right? You can imagine like a big pile of oxygen in the blood and then like a ditch that's full of carbon dioxide. The oxygen is going to run down the hill into the ditch and it's going to force the carbon dioxide out which is going to go back into the blood and we're going to exhale it out and you know all is well right well it's not always that simple sometimes when we're over breathing you know you think about that all those scenarios that we've already discussed when we're breathing really quick you know through our mouth we're breathing really quick 
um, because we're frustrated, we're angry, we're scared, and you know, whatever it is, what we end up doing is we end up dumping a bunch of carbon dioxide. And what happens is that hill that we talked about, you know, the gradient of the big pile of oxygen and then the, the ditch full of carbon dioxide, it levels out, okay? And so when there's not much of a slope there, the oxygen has a hard time getting into the tissues because there's not as much um, carbon dioxide there to fuel the process to get it to switch places really quickly and really readily. So if I'm dumping a bunch of CO2 and I have a bunch of oxygen in my blood, it doesn't necessarily mean it's getting to the tissues to be able to do its job, to be able to, you know, give us life. So if that exchange isn't happening efficiently, you know, what's going to happen? We're going to be getting all of this information, all of this feedback to our nervous system that we're not getting enough of the thing that we need. And it's all because we're getting rid of something that we often view as just a uh, a side effect or a byproduct that, that is nothing but poisonous. But, you know, that couldn't be further from the truth. Yeah, is too much carbon dioxide going to kill you? Absolutely. But too much oxygen is going to kill you too. And it happens all the time. People die all the time from having too much oxygen when somebody's giving them CPR, right? They get too much oxygen in their brain and pfft, dead, okay? So what we need to do is step back from this, um, you know, notion that carbon dioxide is just bad and that we need to be dumping it super quick to help us to feel better because that's not the case. When we have a higher carbon dioxide tolerance, what happens is that we're able to create a steeper gradient so that the oxygen changes places more efficiently. And the reason that's important is because it brings us back further and further from that red line, from getting into that sympathetic state, and it gives us more headroom to be able to deal with the different stressors that we may experience throughout the day. And so one of the easiest ways to start uh, increasing your CO2 tolerance is just to do something that's called an apnea walk, right? And all that is, is that you hold your breath when you walk. And if you hold your breath on an exhale, it works even faster because you don't have to use up the oxygen that's already in your lungs, okay? So this is super easy and you can do this when you're walking from the parking lot at the store in to go and get your groceries or when you're walking around the grocery store. All you do, take a breath, blow it out, hold it and walk as far as you can. When you have to breathe, stop, take three or four breaths, push the air out, go again. Okay? Because when we are working on this system, you know, this... Um, and these, these systems with uh, respiration, you know, people think that has to be something that's complicated because breathing is kind of scary and we don't want to screw it up, but it, it doesn't. It has to be loaded just like a muscle has to be loaded. If you want to get stronger legs, then squat. If you want to have a stronger bench, then go bench, right? If you want to have better CO2 tolerance, then you have to load the CO2, okay? So if I'm loading the CO2 by holding my breath and performing an activity so I build up more carbon dioxide in my body, what am I doing? I'm increasing my CO2 tolerance. And that's something that the adaptation actually comes 
pretty quick. It's not something that you're like, okay, I'm gonna have to do this for four or five years before I start uh, noticing a, a big difference. And that's, that's just not the case. Um, you know, something else that you can do is just work on apnea tables. That's something that's been, you know, used in the free diving community for ever. And you can increase your carbon dioxide tolerance by working on CO2 tables. And you can find a bunch of apps uh, that can help you with that in the app store or just go online and you can find all sorts of CO2 tables that are for free. And it just takes a few minutes a day to be working on that and you can you know, be building that headroom between yourself and your neurological red line. And like I said on here a bunch of times on this episode is that it gives you an opportunity to step back from that red line, to step back from your physiology and to be able to have more of an objective assessment of the things that are going on to be able to make better decisions in the moment as far as, you know, uh, mentally, emotionally, psychologically, all of that, but also physically when you're out, you know, on the field, when you're playing your sport, okay? You know, breath work has been something that's been really know transformative for me personally because you know it's just yielded such great results on improving my quality of life um just on my my day-to-day you know normal things that i'm doing but it's also been really big for me you know in in my training for to help me to uh reach my goals and you know that's that's what i want to bring to you guys to you know make this thing that seems kind of complicated and scary to address in the simplest way possible to help you to uh, be able to understand it and to digest it and to go out and apply it in your training and in the things that you're doing so that you can have the confidence to go out and pursue the things that you want to pursue Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Deep Roots Podcast. If you have any questions on breath work and how to apply it in, you know, in your life or in your training, in your athletics, in your rehab, feel free to reach out. You know, I'm a resource. I'm here for you to, um, you know, help you to get the confidence that you need to pursue the things that you want to pursue. Um, I'm most active on Instagram. My handle's at Lance Enerson. That's L-A-N-C-E dot E-I-N-E-R-S-O-N underscore S-P-T. And just reach out. Or my website is www.lanceenerson.com. And there you can find links to the blog, um, social media, and uh, an application if you want to work with me one-on-one. If you found this conversation helpful, please share it with somebody else that you know could benefit from it as well and leave me a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thanks and I hope you have an awesome day. Thanks.